Buenos dias! Welcome to another Daily Devotion. I'm your host on this wonderful, whatever day it is, I don't know, uh, November 4th. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. We are in Hebrews chapter 7, verses 11 through 28 today. So if you haven't read it already, please go ahead and do so. Um, if you want, things might make the most sense if you do this. Uh, I would go back to chapter 1 and read the whole book all at once. Uh, I, I think there's a lot of things that people get caught up in in this book, and then they miss what I would say are some really large, significant things. Uh, and the reason for that is because um, they get caught up in, in details that I don't know that the author was necessarily trying to lead them to focus on. Um, so anyway, uh, not only that, um, Melchizedek, for example, who's going to be one of the people today that we talk about, uh, this is somebody who shows up in a lot of chapters. He, he's, he's around a lot because the author of Hebrews is talking about uh, priests. And so one of the things that the early church was dealing with, which... The introductory video would have talked a little bit about is how after Jesus had died, Jewish Christians were still trying uh, to um, do the animal sacrifices and, and, and these types of things. And so the author of Hebrews, whoever that is, uh, is trying to let them know, like, hey, guys, like this is done. You don't you don't need to keep doing it anymore. Uh, and so this is, we're in the middle of his argument for uh, the reasoning as to why he thinks that that is. Um, and so let's start in verse 11. He says, now, if perfection came through the Levitical priesthood, for on the basis of it, people received the law, what further need was there for another priest to appear said to be according to the order of Melchizedek and not according to the order of Aaron. So first off, uh, let's go ahead and turn with me because uh, if, if you don't know this, you're going to be confused. Or maybe you already know this and I'm the one that's going to be confused. So let's read Psalm 110. I'll give you a second. You can pause the video if you want. Uh, you can come back to it. And so um, this psalm in particular is referred to several times. Um, it is uh, brought up in Mark 12 um, and again here in Hebrews. And so let's, uh, let's read this so that we understand what the author of Hebrews is getting at. Uh, a psalm of David. This is the declaration of the Lord to my Lord. Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Now, I think that that's the part that's actually in Mark. And then it says, verse 2, the, the Lord will extend your mighty scepter from Zion. Rule over your surrounding enemies. Your people will volunteer on your day of battle. In holy splendor from the womb of the dawn, the dew of your youth belongs to you. The Lord has sworn an oath and will not take it back. You are a priest forever according to the pattern of Melchizedek. 
The Lord is at your right hand. He will crush kings on the day of his anger. He will judge the nation, seeping up corpses. He will crush leaders over the entire world. He will drink from the brook by the road. Therefore, he will lift up his head. Uh, so this is a, a prophetic psalm. Uh, this is talking about Jesus. Uh, this entire passage is talking about Jesus. And I think that one of the things that the author of Hebrews is going to focus on is specifically here in verse 4, where he says, The Lord has sworn an oath and will not take it back. You are a priest forever, according to the pattern of Melchizedek. Uh, what is a pattern? Um, you know, some of us, maybe maybe some of you even, have uh, maybe a mom or a grandma uh, who, uh, the, what do they call it? Um, I'm trying to remember what it's called. Dang it. I had it in my mind just a second ago. But basically, uh, it's for sewing. You have like this little circle thing, and then they, they put a pattern on it or under it. Uh, and then you sew uh, in and out of this little thing according to the pattern. Does anybody know what that's called? Uh, I want to say it's an acrostic, but I'm pretty sure an acrostic is not that. Uh, I think that's where you have like the letters and then you put words based on the letters. So I don't know, cross-stitching maybe? I don't know. Yeah, anyway, enough time wasted. So uh, with cross-stitching or whatever this is particularly thing is called, um, you're following a pattern. So you're making this new thing to look like the design that has already been made. And so, in, in the in same way goes here in the book of Psalms. That this new priest that is being uh, put into place is according to the pattern of Melchizedek. So, Melchizedek just serves as a pattern for what is to come, uh, which we know is now going to be Jesus. So, uh, there are people that I know that believe that Melchizedek was just Jesus. Uh, before pre-incarnate, I think is what they call it. But uh, I think that there's enough evidence to, to show that that's not true. But um, either way, look into it. I think it's interesting to, to at least consider. And so he says this, uh, uh, to the order of Melchizedek and not according to the order of Aaron. Uh, Hebrews is talking about how, like, when David said the order of Melchizedek, or the pattern of Melchizedek, um, Aaron's family line was the only people that served as priests. Why would he even be bringing this up? And that is because uh, the argument that the author is getting ready to present, which is this. For when there is a change of priesthood, there must be a change of law as well. Uh, one of the other sections of, of Hebrews talks about how um, this uh, new law is going to be written on our heart, uh, that the law is going to be placed into our mind. And so uh, w this is something that I think is really important. Uh, there must be a change of law as well. Um, the author of Hebrews, nor do I believe that anyone of any single author in the New Testament is advocating that there is a lack of law 
Uh, now, I think what they're advocating is the reality that there is a new law that is in place, the law of love, uh, the law of faith, and that this has been written on your hearts, uh, and that uh, the law that is based on the sacrificial system is what is undone. Uh, just to give you guys uh, kind of uh, an example, this here uh, is a list of a couple of, um, of the sacrifices that the um, Levites uh, had to offer. Um, and I want to paint this as a backdrop for you guys. So first off, they had the burnt offering. Uh, it's called a sweet aroma or a voluntary sacrifice. The, the purpose is to propitiate for sin in general, to signify complete dedication and consecration to God. Therefore, it is called the whole burnt offering. It consisted of According to wealth, uh, it, it could be a bull without blemish, a male sheep, or goat without blemish, or turtle doves, or pigeons, depending on how rich you were. Um, who received it? Uh, God's portion entirely burnt on the altar. Uh, and God received everything but the skin. The priest's portion was the skin. Uh, the offer's portion is nothing. Uh, let's see, the prophetic significance according to uh, the author of this site, which is, I need to tell you that because that's important, uh, this is Michael Hunt, uh, copyright 1995, revised in 2006, Agape Bible Study. Um, so here we go. Uh, I think that the, he's done a, a fantastic job with this. It signifies complete dedication to the life of God on the part of Christ and on the part of the believer. Uh, just to go through this a little faster, uh, you have the communion or peace sacrifice, uh, which would have been the peace offering express peace and fellowship between the offender and God in the restoration of communion. Uh, the todah or thank offering was a sacrifice for being saved from death and being given a new life. Uh, then you have the third one is a sin sacrifice to atone for sins committed unknowingly, especially where no restitution was possible. A trespass to atone for sins committed unknowingly, especially where restitution was possible. I, I think this is really interesting because this is something that I've thought about a lot over the years, but uh, it's not very often where you see the distinction between like what's called a sin and what's called a trespass. The trespass meaning... Uh, restitution is possible. They're both sin, uh, they're both bad, but one, restitution isn't possible, and this one, it's restitution is possible. Um, which is basically a, a way of saying making it right. So like if somebody stole sheep, they had to not just give back the sheep, but they had to pay a sheep. Uh, or sometimes multiple sheep, depending on what happens. So you have the daily burnt sacrifice. This is a daily sin offering for the people. The first liturg liturgical sacrifice of the Sinai Covenant. The whole day was structured around this sacrifice. Remembrance sacrifices to relive the Exodus and Sinai experiences in every generation. And then the new moon sacrifices to begin the, a new moon or a new month uh, in the lunar calendar. So these are just some, several of the um, sacrifices that were... Finally, this, this website in particular, agapebiblestudy.com, says that there's a grain offering, um, which is a voluntary sweet aroma. Um, we, there are several others as well, uh, but I just wanted to, to read off a list of the things that 
These are things that the, the priests are doing all the time. Every day they're offering sin offerings. Once a year they're offering on the Day of Atonement, they're offering this giant sacrifice where the whole entire nation has to gather and they, they offer uh, this, this, this bull up for the forgiveness of sins for the entire nation. Um, and so with that in mind, we go on to see this. For the one... Uh, for the one these things are spoken about belonged to a different tribe. No one from it had served at the altar. Now it was evident that our Lord came from Judah, and Moses said nothing about that tribe concerning priests. And this becomes clearer if another priest like Melchizedek appears, who did not become a priest based on legal rec regulation about physical descent, but based on the power of an indestructible life. So if you were going to be a priest under the covenant, uh, the Mosaic covenant, or the Mosaic law, you were a priest based on your genealogy. Uh, who were your parents? Um, did you descend from Aaron? If you did, you could be a priest. If you didn't, you can't be. And actually, uh, they say that Cohen's, uh, whoever, if you know somebody whose last name is a Cohen, uh, they think that those are guys... There's good evidence to say that those are people who have descended from Aaron. Um, for it has been testified, you are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. So the command, the previous command, is annulled because it was weak and unprofitable. I think that this is really interesting because the word annulled in English, now I'm not sure about the, the original language, but in English... Uh, it means to declare invalid. So the old law is now considered invalid. Uh, and that the new law, where Jesus is the priest, is now what is in place. And that that old law was weak and unprofitable, and the new law would be uh, strong and profitable. Uh, verse 19, For the law perfected nothing, but a better hope is introduced through which we draw near to God. Now that we have Jesus as our high priest, we, uh, those of us who are born again, can draw near to God. Uh, think about the story of the Israelites and how like, they couldn't even approach God on the mountain. Uh, part of that was because they were scared out of their mind and about to crap their pants. Uh, the rest of it was because God is so holy, it was impossible for them to draw close. And so... We, now, because we are holy, because of Jesus' righteousness that, that he has given to us, we can also now approach uh, the Father. We can draw near to God himself. I, th this, this notion that God is a distant God is, is crazy because if you're a believer... He doesn't actually have to be distant. He can be close. You can be close. He can be near. In fact, uh, Jesus said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Uh, he, he's, he's throwing out this hint that, like, look, God is near. He's drawing closer to us. Uh, and we can draw closer to him because of what Jesus has done on the cross and resurrected. Uh, going into verse 20, none of this happened without an oath, for others became priests without an oath. But he became a priest with an oath made by the one who said to him, The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever. Uh, in other words, God makes an oath. He makes a promise. It cannot change. He will not change his mind. 
Jesus is going to be a priest forever. In other words, look people, uh, you don't have to worry about your sacrifice not counting. Uh, that, that sin that you committed, you can guarantee you will be forgiven. Why? Because the sacrifice is still good. The priest is still offering, or uh, is still there interceding for you. Verse 22, because of this oath, Jesus has also become the guarantee of a better covenant. That Listen, uh, this covenant, this new covenant, this life we have because of faith in Christ, uh, the faith in Jesus the Messiah, this is a better covenant. Now many have become Levitical priests since they are prevented by death from remaining in office, but because he remains forever, he holds this priesthood permanently. Uh, in other words, you could say it like this, uh, there's a lot of changeover in the priesthood. Uh, you know, like if you go into the BMV and every time you go in, there's like a totally different set of people that work there. It's like that. Priests are always rotating in and out. Uh, high turnover rate for priests. However, there is not a high turn rate, turnaround, turnover rate for the priesthood that is in this covenant because Jesus cannot die again. He already died. Um, he rose again. And now he's living forever, seated at the right hand of the Father. Uh, let's see, but uh, verse 25, therefore he is able to save completely those who come to God through him, since he always lives to intercede for them. Listen, if we don't get any further today, uh, this is super important. Listen, uh, there is no room anywhere uh, for you to be saved through anyone or anything that isn't Christ. It's not Jesus plus something else. It is only Jesus. Uh, only his sacrifice, only his priesthood, only through him can you and I have eternal life. Uh, that sounds mean. Uh, it's not mean. It's just the truth. And so if you want to be saved, if you want to have eternal life, uh, you have uh, a high priest who is... Uh, there for you, uh, and he lives forever to intercede for us, to go to the Father, to pray on your behalf. And he says this in verse 26, for this is the kind of high priest we need. We needed this kind of high priest before, now we have it. Uh, he's holy. In other words, he's set apart. He's innocent. Uh, he's never done anything wrong. He's undefiled. Sin has not touched him at all. Separated from sinners. Uh, why? Because he is in heaven on the right hand of the Father. Listen, uh, this, is, this is interesting because this is a perspective not a lot of people have because Jesus spent a lot of time with people who committed sin or like the, the Pharisees were always like, Jesus, why are you hanging out so much with sinners? Listen, the people he hangs out with now uh, through the Holy Spirit are the same. And so he is hanging out with people uh, so he is, in fact, separated from sinners and exalted above the heavens. In other words, Jesus has been exalted high above anything and everything. He is the, the most exalted. If you don't know what exalted is, I think that would be really important. Because um, we, we've talked about this at church. It just means you've been lifted up. He doesn't need to offer sacrifices every day, as high priests do, 
for first for their own sins, then for those for the people. Now, this is important. Listen, these high priests that were part of the, the Old Covenant, they had to offer a sacrifice for their own sin every day in order to even like offer sacrifices for others. Jesus doesn't have to do that. Uh, in fact, according to this, he says he did it once for all time. And when he offered himself. Listen, his sacrifice was so perfect. He did it once for all time. We don't have to keep offering sacrifices like we used to. For the law appoints as high priests men who were weak, but the promise of the oath, which came after the law, appoints a son who has been perfected forever. Jesus is perfect forever. He's never going to quit. He's always going to be our high priest. He's always going to be there for us, interceding for us. If we come to him, if we come through him, we can, in fact, draw near to God. So, Lord, we come before you and we thank you so much that we get to approach you and your throne. Uh, Lord, we pray that uh, this this book of Hebrews would be an encouragement for us, that, that we have someone going to bat for us each and every day, that you are interceding for us, that we can fully trust in your holiness. Uh, Lord, we can trust that, that you are without blemish. Uh, Lord, and, and you're so much more. And we thank you for that. We praise you for that. We exalt you for that. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the channel, click the little bell, and you will be notified whenever our videos come available. If you're listening to the podcast, you can do the same thing and you'll just not get a video. Sucks to be you. Um, but if you have been faithful to this podcast, if you've been faithful to this uh, YouTube channel, please uh, consider supporting us uh, in our efforts so that we can create more content for you to help more people grow to become mature disciples. Thank you so much for joining us today. Peace out, Girl Scouts.